0: Hey, what's going on? Automotive world. Welcome to another episode of the automotive diagnostic podcast with me, Sean Tipping. I am going to be your host for today's episode. Joining me on the show is Cody Gaddy. He's been on a couple times before. Many of you are familiar with Cody. Uh, He's got a YouTube channel. Uh, He's also transitioned in the last year to being a mobile technician, doing the diagnostics and the programming uh, for his area in Arizona. So uh, that's going to be the main focus of our conversation today is a lot of the nuances, a lot of the struggles, and a lot of the good things about being a mobile technician. So uh, if you're a mobile technician yourself, you're considering it, it, find that line of work interesting. This is a really good conversation. So I am excited to get right into it with Cody. So yeah, whenever I don't hit record, I miss good conversation. And then whenever I hit end record too early, I miss good conversation. That happened the last time with Matt and Matt. We ended up talking for like another 45 minutes after I stopped the recording and... (laughs) there was some discussion that wasn't going to be on the podcast anyways, but there was also discussion where I'm like, Oh, that was, that was really good. Uh, Fonzo made a really good point about something and we missed it, but yeah, so I'm just gonna let it record and I can figure it out whatever I
1: need to. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Editing is, uh, that's the beauty of it.
0: (laughs) For sure. Well, how's, uh, how's life going for you? How's the mobile world treating you?
1: It's, it's going good, man. Um, So, yeah, I, uh, I obviously started in January, my mobile company and stuff, and a lot of the inspiration and everything was, you know, following you and, and, you know, a bunch of other mobile guys out there and, you know, with COVID happening and just my, uh, work situation, you know, things just kind of, uh, aligned to where it just came to a point that I was like, man, it's either now or never, you know? And if I don't do it, I'm always going to wonder like, what if, you know, um, So yeah, it's, it's been good. I hit the, hit the ground running and, uh, I was actually going to take two weeks off, um, be be, between, uh, putting my notice into the shop and then, you know, getting my toolbox home and everything. And I was going to take two weeks and and before going, starting the mobile and stuff. And man, I started getting calls right off the bat and I didn't even start advertising. So I was like, you can't say no. You know what I mean? If I say no now, will I ever get a call back? So I, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a two week span there. And, and, uh, so yeah, that's, you know, it's been, it's been good. It's been a huge humbling experience. Um, on top of that, you think, you know, stuff and (laughs) just like programming, you think, you know, programming, I've been programming for 12 years, but a lot of it, um, has been, you know, reprogramming like updates, you know, on GMs or Fords or whatever. It hasn't been, you know, complete module replacements. Um, and now it's, uh, You realize, yeah, Mm -hmm. you realize how much you don't know until you go mobile. (laughs) So it's been humbling. Yeah. Uh, But good. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that the same kind of experience with yourself or?
0: Yeah, um, it it is such a unique job that we do. I'm sure there's other stuff out there like it, but I, I wouldn't know what to compare it to in other industries. I'm sure there's you know, like field service engineers, right? I guess right. that would be the comparison. But it's just such a, such a unique thing every day because you never know what you're going to walk into. And sometimes it's gravy, and other times it's just a, a complete mess uh, and yeah. everything in between. Uh, but you wake up and you head out in your van in the morning. You don't know what's coming at you, what surprise is going to be around the corner. Um, but, man, it's just so... It's it's extremely challenging, but it's also rewarding equally when you can get yeah. through all of the BS at the end of the day and you you make all of it work. Uh, sit back at the end of the day, like okay, that was that was satisfying to push through all of that. Um, yep, but yeah, it's it's not for everybody because there are points where it's gonna knock you down, like you said, humble you. I get that almost every day with these stupid cars.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, man. And, and and I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a quitter, but there's there's been days or weeks or whatever. You know, it seems like you get a uh you get a rough week. And I know we've kind of chatted about it in like the groups and stuff, you know, you like if one thing doesn't add up, like the whole week can kind of, you know, go to shit. And it, it's um it's one of those weeks that you're like, man, am I am I doing the right thing? You know, but it's it's one of those. I'll, I'll sit over the weekend, and I'm like, I had the same kind of challenging weeks, even when I was at the shop. You know, um, where just like nothing seemed to 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 work, um, nothing the, the stars did not align or, or whatever. So it's just how much I'm like, man, okay, I quit. I'm, I'm done with this. It's, then you get that one car that's been (laughs) to four shops that you figure out in, in 30 minutes, not because you're, you're awesome or whatever. You may have gotten lucky, but it's, it's, uh, it's that, it's that one, one, you know, that one car that makes it all worthwhile kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and to be able to, my, I guess my biggest enjoyment of being mobile is, uh, is being able to help out all not just one shop to help out all of, you know, pretty much Tucson and, and surrounding areas and stuff. And to kind of be like that guy that they call for the last resort. And, you know, when you do figure it out, it's like, it, it's just, okay, you, you're, you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? It, it changes your outlook on it and everything. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that it's, It's definitely been challenging. Um, It's been rewarding. Man, I've learned the last seven months, I've learned so much. Um, I realize that you need to have multiple ways to do a single job, you know, Um, or multiple tools to do a a specific job because not one, you know, uh, where one tool fails, you need to have backups on your backups kind of thing, Um, multiple J boxes or, Mm -hmm. you know there's, there's times where the factory stuff is not going to work and you have other aftermarket tools like, um, you know, IO and stuff like that. And to, to get you, to get that job done.
0: Yeah. It's uh, the, the learning curve when you're doing this is crazy because it's like, it's like that hockey stick graph, right? It's just all of a sudden you're like taking off. Um, cause you're getting all these super challenging cars that you'd see, you know, once every six months at a shop, you're getting, three or four of them a day. Um, So yeah, it's huge. Uh, Going back to what you were saying about, you know, being able to help out these shops and, you know, assist them through all these problem cars. What's, what have you found has been the reception to you coming in? You know, you're, you're just starting out with a new shop, right? Doing this. What's the reception from the technicians or the people up front? Is it generally welcoming? Do you have, People that are standoffish, somewhere in between. What's the, uh, what's it like for I, I,
1: you? It, no, and that, that's that's a good question because uh, obviously going into this, uh, that was a, that was a gonna not a concern of mine, but it was like, yeah, how are people gonna be receptive? receptive to like me coming in or me even dropping off flyers and stuff, are they going to be like, no, we do diagnostics or we do programming. It's like, well, okay. You know, just if you guys run into something, you know, let me know. Um, but I'll I'll tell you what, man, um, after, after, you know, after getting going, um, it, it, it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, now that I've been established, but let's say, okay, let me back up. So let's say I'm going into the shop for the first time. Um, you know, that they called me, you know, that's 90% of my customers. I did very little advertisement. Um, just because, you know, like I said, I started getting calls right off the bat. And, uh, so it's different kind of when they're calling you because it's like, man, we need you, you know, or we, we just put this module in and it's needs programmed or whatever. So after I'm there like the first time and everybody's like, Hey, how you doing? Um, now it's to a point that man, I'm, I'm walking through the back door of the shop. Um, you know, I'm not going through the front, I'm walking in like I'm like, I'm one of the employees and stuff. And, you know, know all the texts by name, and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And of course, everybody has questions and stuff like, Hey, I have this one car. And, you know, so for how much time that you spend, not even (laughs) on the physical car that you're working on, but like to help out with maybe some other cars and and just, you know, them picking your brain for a little bit. Um, But but it's, but I'm not complaining about that because it's been, it's been nice. It's, it's, I enjoy, um, passing on, you know, what little bit I know to, if it can help somebody else out, um, on a car that they may have, and maybe not necessarily the, the vehicle that I'm there to, to work on. Um, you know, so like I said, it, it's the first time going into any shop, it's scary. Cause you just don't know how guys are going to, respond to you being there. Um, and I didn't know if people would think like, okay, this is a threat or, or, or what. Um, but no, man, I mean, everybody's been really, really welcoming. Um, there's, there was one shop that I told myself I'm absolutely never going back to, um, just because it was a whole, um, it was a shady experience. Um, it was just, I wouldn't even consider it a shop. It was like a a guy with a lift in his backyard that got my number from another shop. And man, he, he didn't want to, um, I originally showed up, I I sent a message to him saying, Hey, I'm going to be there by eight o'clock. Uh, or no, let me back up. So I talked to him, you know, a couple days before told him, you know, here's your appointment time. It's eight o'clock on a Friday. He says, okay. So I show up at you know, eight o'clock on a Friday and he's nowhere to be found. I try calling him, his phone's turned off. Uh, so I end up leaving and he calls me about 10 o'clock and says, Hey, I'm here now. Okay. Well now I have to, you know, finish these other appointments and stuff. So you're kind of on the back burner. I'll see if I can get back to you. So I end up getting back to him and you know, thing is I, he didn't want to pay me. Um, he questioned everything I did. Uh, you know, it was just, it was one thing after another. And then, uh, <laughs> so it, it was just the whole experience. Like he was blocking the door from me, like leaving, which was, uh, it, man, it was weird. And, and I don't know how you guys are, or whatever, like <laughs> being mobile, but you know, I, I go to some, you know, pretty shady parts of town. Um, so it's one of those, man, the one thing, you know, I don't leave home without, you know, a gun and stuff. And, and it, sucks to be like that but you just can't be too careful anymore and it was one of those it was like man what what the heck's going on right here man like it just was not it was just me and this other guy so if anything happened um there's no there's no witnesses you know (laughs) um i just did not feel comfortable about the the situation whatsoever um but besides that out of the last seven months that one quote-unquote shop is the only you know place that's really left a bad taste in my mouth. And, you know, I was just told myself, I I just, I won't go back if he ever calls or whatever. Again, it's just not a customer I want to deal with. So could you say that I fired him? Yeah, possibly. I just know to myself, I'm not going to go back to that shop. But other than that, man, everybody, like I said, has been has been real receptive, um, and after I've been to a shop a couple times, like I said, I'm I'm walking through the back door. I'm, I know where their parts are at. If they have a control module sitting on the on their shelves, and and you know, um, if I needed to borrow a tool or if I need a help a helping hand with something you know, nine times out of 10, most shops are, man, there's somebody already there and they're offering me water or they're going to McDonald's and it's like, Hey, do you want anything? So it's been, you know, you feel like you're one of the team members at each one of these shops and it's, it's pretty cool. And that that's, uh, for myself, that's just really rewarding. I feel, uh, I feel that that's been one of my, uh, the best experiences just because, you know, I'm not just helping out a single location and I'm able to go all around town. I'm not stuck in one location. I'm seeing different guys on different days and, and, you know, I'm not dealing with one crap service manager day in and day out. Um, <laughs> if there is somebody I don't really care for at that shop, man, I'm, you know, I deal with them for an hour and a half <laughs> and then I'm on to the next job. Yep. So <laughs> it's that part of it. Yeah. That's been, it's been nice. Um, and they also, you know, I've also had my butt kicked at on some of these cars and stuff. Cause you know, we're getting called out after, you know, the easy stuff's been replaced, you know, the, the, <laughs> um, the identifix mm-hmm. direct hit, you know, Oh, it needs X, Y, and Z. And those parts have already been replaced. And then they're calling you in and, and, uh, let's say it's a network issue or whatever. And, and, uh, You know it's intermittent, so you know that's another thing I'm trying to work on being mobile because intermittent. Oh man, that's that's tough, and I'm trying to stay away from those. But sometimes you don't know until you show up that they're like, oh, it's intermittent after 20 minutes, and you're like, oh man, I wish you would have told me that. You know, I would have planned differently. Um, but yeah, it's been you know it's it's been good. It's been challenging. It's uh, it's been a huge learning curve. Um, I will say, you know, uh, going mobile, it's having a strong network of, of guys that you can bounce ideas off of guys like yourself and everything else that, that have done this or ideas to try, because, you know, you're kind of like the, the last resort. So for myself, um, I feel that, you know, pride starts getting in the, in the way to where it's like, man. Okay, I'm not charging this shop any more money. I just at this point, I just need to figure this thing out, and that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a horrible business model. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it, I, I like it, I like getting the cars done and, and finished and, and figured out, and leaving them with at least an answer or a direction um, of of where to go. Um, You know, and that's something I wanted to bring up to you. I know we've talked a little bit, but like intermittent issues being mobile. How does how do you handle those?
0: Yeah, that is a really tough one that um, like you said, you don't always know that it's intermittent until you get there. So I try to ask or, you know, if there's any hint on the phone that it's an intermittent, I'm like, how intermittent is this? Because I didn't do this at first, but I try to let them know right up front. Hey, if I can't get this stacked up and it's just, it's not one of those things where we can visually find something, I'm still going to have to charge you my time. And I, like I said, I didn't do that at first. I, I didn't say that. I wasn't aware of it. Exactly. And I'm doing that now, but at first it was,
1: it, it, it was, it was hard to to sit there and, and okay, you're charge you know, charging for my time, even though I didn't give you an answer. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but then again, this is also a business. You know, if if I was if I won a million dollars or not a million dollars, if I won twenty million dollars in the lottery or whatever tomorrow, I would just go around and be a Paul Danner and start diagnosing all these cars for free to for everybody because I don't need the money, you know. But at the end of the day, this is sure. a business and and uh you do have to charge for your time. But that was something that I'm still, you know, working on uh it's and it's get it is getting better, but like you said at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, I'll spend three hours on a car," and it's like, "I don't have an outcome, so uh, we'll just call it good." What that that's devaluing myself, and and you know, uh, it, it it didn't work out the way that I thought it would, and that's just a horrible way to run a business. <laughs>
0: yeah I struggle with that too is I want to provide a good service to the shop and you get to the end of something and you don't have a 100% answer. I don't feel like I provided the service yeah. and so it's tough for me to charge but like you said yeah your your hour two hours that that's extremely valuable to you when you realize you could have you know programmed some GM TCMs okay. and made, a bunch of money in that yeah. same time, you just lost out. And then, you know, for, for you specifically, like this is your main income. Now you got to consider that. Um, so yeah, I, I actually tried to push off the intermittent stuff. If I can tell right up front, I'm like, just call me when it's more, more frequent and I can give you a specific answer. And if they really want me to, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And sometimes you get lucky. Actually, I had that Impala that I was messaging you guys on the group chat this morning. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a uh, – they said the dash was uh, dropping out, like the gauges and the lights and stuff intermittently, but they couldn't get it to do it. Um, and so I, you know, I gave them the intermittent speech, and I got into it, and I couldn't get it to up either, but – everything had communication class two network codes in it on the network. And I couldn't talk to the SRS module. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, it's a good place to start. I just pulled the carpet back, found the SRS module. This thing is like growing green and white crusty (sighs) stuff out of it. And I like wiggle the connector and I could get the network to drop out. So I was like, okay, well that, there you go. That's an intermittent that I could definitely find, but
1: it doesn't always work that way. Um, And it was process of elimination. You had to, you, had to know which direction to go, you know, and that comes, that's your experience and everything else. And, and sometimes, yeah, you get lucky on, on those kind of cars. And, but I'll take, I'll take those, I'll take those quote unquote easy ones all day long, you know, where you're, you're in and out. And yeah. um, cause sometimes you just never know right. what you're getting into.
0: I had a uh, shop just recently, a new shop. They got my number from somebody. They called me out and the first like, two or three cars that I went and did, they just happened to be super, I don't want to say easy, but the fix was very apparent once I got there. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe just experience or whatever. I'm just like, okay, I know what's going on here. And so I'm like in and out in half an hour and these guys have days into these cars. So they're like, wow, this guy's really smart. Oh my gosh. when <laughs> he's brilliant. I, I don't really feel that way. And well, I'm just waiting for, you know, an actual like ass kicker to to get a call to that shop and I'm gonna just actually spend an hour or two on something and be like, what's what's wrong? You're not doing this in a half an hour now. So I, I don't know. It's it's a cool feeling to walk in and do that. But <laughs> I don't know if I want to set that expectation right off the bat with every single shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, as well as I do, you can't be in and out in a half hour for everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, but on the flip side, you also don't want to feel like you're the guy that goes in there and you're spending three hours on, on every single car and stuff either, you know? And it's like, Oh, that there's the issue. So it's, you know, yeah, we'll take those all day long. You know, I, I know I, I have a shop and this is something I kind of wanted to bring up, but you know, obviously we know about the tech shortage. You've had multiple podcasts about it and everything else. Um, I have one shop in particular, it's the owner and, and pretty much a, a C level technician. There's no drivability guy or anything else. Cause he just, he can't, he can't find one. Um, it, it's one thing to find a technician. It's another thing to find a drivability guy. So, you know, he'll, he'll mm-hmm. call me for any of his drivability, you know, vehicles that come, comes in. So it's one of those, you know, that's kind of similar to what you were talking about. I, I go in and, and, uh, you know, the last four cars that I've had, man, I've been in and out in, in 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, he's ecstatic because he's not turning these customers away so he can keep it in-house um, while he continues to look for a drivability guy. So, you know, it's not limiting him um, by not having, you know, he's not turning away this work and stuff, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it, there, there have been, you know, some knock sensors chewed and, and wiring, you know, chewed and stuff from the, from the pack rats, you know, from the soy and everything else. And it's like, get the borescope down there, run the codes. You're like, Oh, okay. This is what you guys need. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Give me a call on the next one.
0: Some of these, uh, service managers or shop managers or whatever, they see us as an actual, you know, a really good. Money making tool for them, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I can call this guy, come in, tell me what's wrong, and I can keep everybody else rolling. And I've been to a few shops like that where they're they're ecstatic to have somebody like that to call. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I, I didn't know what to expect when I first went around, you know, marketing myself and and going to shops. But yeah, they're they're very receptive to having that person. Come in and be able to solve a problem for them. Um, I've had a few technicians that were a little standoffish because of that. I think because you know they still want to do some of the diag the diagnosis. I would like when I was a tech, I would have been. I don't know what the word is. Upset. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My 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 ego would be bruised. That's. But it- a lot of them have a different mindset. They just want to hang ball joints and make money and replace whatever part is wrong. Um, and they don't care if somebody else is giving them the answer. So I, I would say generally the reception from technicians has been pretty good for me. Like you said, I've made quite a few friends out there and yeah. a couple of these guys, I'll go to their houses and diagnose stuff for them now yep. too. Um, gotten to know a lot of the people too around my area. Like you said, not just one shop, like you're growing your network locally too. You know, mm-hmm. the automotive world around where you live, not just one group of people. It's pretty cool.
1: It, it is. Yeah. And I, and I know that, you know, it, you can kind of tell, it's funny walking into a shop. You can usually tell, at least for myself, like, and I'm sh- sure it's probably the same with you. Like you can usually tell within the first like five to 10 minutes of, of being there. Um, do they, do they know what they're? Do- and this sounds bad, but do they know what they're doing, or are they just throwing parts? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there, there's some of the shops that I go into that, you know, when they call me and they say they need this control module programmed, I know I'm going to be in and out in 30 minutes because, a, it needs that control module. It's I don't need to double check anything. You know, that it's going to be it's going to fix this issue because that's how good these techs are. Um, while I know that some other shops, when they call me and they say it, you know, uh, it needs a control module. Okay. You're going to be probably planning on, you know, uh, it not fixing the issue. So kind of, you know, uh, uh, schedule your day accordingly. Cause it may turn into a, a diagnostics, you know? Um, and, and that's just, like I said, I, I can usually tell this on how in depth it, do these guys just, are they just throwing parts or, do these guys really value the diagnostics and really go in depth and you're just the the last step to get this car back on the road?
0: Yeah, you can question a tech and I think pretty quickly, you know, know what, what their abilities are or at least what testing they've done, if mm-hmm. any, right? If you start asking them about, you know, what's going on and they're not really – Saying, "Hey, I measured this, or I, I checked this." It's more of, "Well, we tried this part, and then we tried that part." You know, there's there's yeah. definite difference there, and you can pick up on that pretty quick. Um, it's, it, do you so when you talk to or go into some of these shops, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this, but when I come in, some of the guys they'll call me the computer guy. That's my, that's my name. Oh, you got to call the computer guy. Do you have any of your shops that'll, that give you oh. a nickname or anything like that? Oh oh yeah,
1: no. Yeah. I'm, I'm the computer guy. I mean, I have a, you know, I have my programming backpack, um, <laughs> that's got, you know, both my, my CF 53s and, and all my interfaces. And, and, uh, it, it makes it nice that, you know, I'm just pretty much grabbing the backpack and my maintainer and I can go into any shop. And if I need this, this, um, pass-through or if I need this pass-through, you know, I kind of keep it all in one bag um, so it's not multiple trips out to the truck. So, yeah, I'm the backpacker, the computer guy, or the, you know, like I'm the nerd walking in, like <laughs> coming, coming to, you know, program this car.
0: But that's what some of them think is that we've got the magic tools to figure out what's wrong. Obviously, sometimes our tools are what is allowing us to do something I'm more on the programming side, but a lot of them think like I have some special tool that they don't have access to. That's allowing me to figure out the the problem when, I mean, everything I have is available to them. Um, uh, my normal diagnostic stuff, like a U scope and a test light and a Autel or a launch, they could buy all that stuff. Right. So it's, um, yeah. I don't know. I try to, I try to help them out too. Like, Hey dude, buy the $700 launch. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, spend a few bucks and you got an awesome scan tool. I try to help out as much as I can, uh, with, with the ones that are open to it.
1: Yeah, actually. Um, so I had one of my shops, you know, they're looking at getting a new scan tool and everything and, and, uh, you know, asking my, my suggestions and, you know, so I gave them my suggestions and, uh, I actually got them since we know a network of, of distributors for tools and stuff. You know, I, I reached out to one of the guys that I know and and uh, got a, got them a price and everything, and, and got them set up on on a um, saved them like eight hundred dollars over the, on this tool on this all tile um, compared to going to the the parts house where they were looking at buying it and stuff. So I saved them money. I gave them my suggestion. I even got them in touch with with, um, you know, one of the distributors and stuff and, and, uh, you know, they were super excited. And then when they got it, it had a scope and stuff. So they're like, Hey, we'll pay you to come down and just, just show us, you know, how does this tool work? Um, I, so I got them set up on the auto Um, I, I, showed them, showed them, you know, the scope and, and, and kind of just walked them through it. And it's my first time playing with, with the altal. I think it was the, the nine Oh nine, um, or nine one nine. I think okay. it was the nine one nine. Um, so it was my first time playing with it, so I probably wasn't the best guy to teach him. but a scan tool is a scan tool if we you know we have to if you've worked with one and you worked with multiple and I mean a scope is a scope, it's just voltage over time. so it's just knowing where those little um where the settings are and stuff is, is the biggest thing and you know so i'm walking them through and they're like oh man you can check the you know the network right from you know the breakout box or not the breakout box but the the vci and and uh you know these tricks and everything Mm -hmm. else and these guys have never there's like probably three scopes in the shop that they've never used they're grabbing their their meters before their scopes and you know so me going in and, and showing them like i found out i found this issue using this tool and I'll take screenshots like, hey, check it out, this APP sensor, uh, this 5-volt sensor is going to 12 volts, so how is that even possible? You know. So I ended up finding, finding a short power on the wire, and it's like, this isn't something you would have found with um, just with scan data, because scan data was showing it going to 100%. Well, it's not showing, it's mm. going to 12 volts. You know what I mean? So, because there wasn't a voltage pitch. Yeah. So it was one of those. And I was like, man, without the scope, I mean, yes, they could have found that with a meter. Um, but, you know, now I see these guys, they're they're going in and they're breaking out their scopes and, and trying to learn how to use it. And I'm like, hey, man, if I can help push somebody to use a tool that they have readily available that they've never used, that they've spent thousands of dollars on, man, th- okay, that's I may not be getting paid for that but I'm 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 stoked to see guys pushing themselves further you know um sometimes they just need that little bit of uh, um that push to be like hey look it's not so scary you just you hook this you know you hook the black to ground right here or to the battery and then this one right here just goes right here it's this simple oh my gosh you know it's just the, the like the light bulb goes off and I'm sure you see this a lot with teaching and stuff so it it's one of those that's it, a super rewarding experience to see guys like, oh, sweet. I can, I'll use this tool now <laughs> or practice with it, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's really cool to see people that are open to it too, um, that want to learn and, you know, some of them, some of them want to learn, but they've just been, they've been in the grind of a flat rate system or a poorly run shop for so long that yep. it's tough to even consider taking the time to learn something when you're scrambling all day just to get your hours in, right? And, you know, I could spend an hour here learning something on the job, which probably isn't the best way to do it, but, you know, this is this is the mindset of a lot of the techs, is I could spend an hour here doing this or I could just throw a part at it, you know, let's throw a module at it, and then I'll move on to my next job and keep grinding out those hours to hit the numbers. And uh, it, it is really tough. I feel for the guys because I know the situation that a lot of them are in, but you find somebody that at least wants to learn. Yeah. I want to help them out as much as I can. Um, try to, try to get them there because in the big picture, uh, it'll help them make them more more money if they can make the right calls on stuff, you know? Yeah, Um, no, exactly. Yeah.
1: And, And I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I worked, uh, I know the flat rate game and I didn't, get in depth into diagnostics until later in the game, because that same, that same thing, the flat rate. And, you know, what I saw was, you know, I thought throwing parts at cars was, was how you, you did it. If that part didn't fix it, you throw the next part or whatever. Um, And didn't really start, you know, diving in deep into diagnostics until I started getting, you know, tougher cars. And then once I started getting tougher cars, then these other, you know shops knew that oh man if we have this car we'll send it to Cody. Um, he'll look at it, he'll work on it. So then I started digging deeper and deeper and deeper and, and you know educating myself and the trainings and everything else and and uh but at the beginning I, I was I was that guy and I was making great money, you know, throwing parts at cars. <laughs> and once I started getting digging deeper into diagnostics, my hours weren't the same. Cause you know, I'm spending an hour over here diagnosing a network issue, let's say. And this guy over here spends 45 minutes hanging shocks and struts and just made three hours. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's where the flat rate, you know, um, flat rate is awesome if you're a parts banger. Um, yep. and, and as I got deeper and deeper and I wanted to focus solely on, on drivability and stuff. Cause it is challenging each, like you said, each car, you never know what you're walking into. Um, yes, there are some pattern fail- failures and stuff, but usually the pattern failures, those, those shops have already replaced those parts at that time. So you're, you're not, you know, you're not necessarily walking into these cars like, Oh, I know exactly what's going on with this car. Um, they've already replaced the easy stuff. So you're here to, okay, what, what else could it be? Um, Network issues I see is, is a huge thing for, for shops, you know? Um, And and rightfully so. I I, I was scared with networks, um, you know, years ago. Now I look at it, man, I, I would take a, uh, no communication module over a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, because um, <laughs> yep. it's barely, you know, now, now I know my, my process of, and my approach on how to go about it and stuff. But at the beginning, you know, um, some guys don't understand, you know, checking powers and checking grounds or even checking a five volt reference, how that can, you know, take, the, um, make the computer pretty much, you know, go to sleep. Um, you know, and, and so giving them that guidance or telling you know I'm in and out and that's this is a car they've had for three days and you figured it out in thirty minutes or an hour or whatever, uh, you know they're they're excited that you figured it out. Um, you just you just you feel like you have your place and I feel like we're always gonna have a place in the industry. Uh, but I think this is something definitely you know customers don't realize that these shops call us in to kind of save the day. And, you know, with that being said, there's some of these shops that, yeah, okay, let's say, you know, Sean, you go in there and you save the day, and maybe this isn't a shop that should have the day saved. (laughs) Like, maybe they shouldn't have their doors open, but... You save the day and next thing you know, that customer tells all their friends like, man, this shop is awesome. They figured out this car that four other shops couldn't figure it out. Take it to them. And so it's like, are we, you know, on that same note, are we con- um, in enabling these poorly run shops to stay in business? And, you know, that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know
1: how you feel about that.
0: There's. Well, there's there's a couple shops that I go to that fit that bill exactly. Uh, one specific, and I know they're not listening to this, so it doesn't matter, but they <laughs> should not be open. They shouldn't be. Um, yeah. The awful, awful way to run a shop. Good people. They. Are, I mean, I like the guy that runs it, but he should not be running a shop, and they're, they're just they're so far off the mark. And me coming in there, diagnosing this stuff for them, I know it was allowing them to keep the ball rolling, right? And it's such a – like you said, the customer, generally speaking, has no clue that that's happening. We're just behind the scenes. I I mean, imagine if you went to the doctor, right, and they called some guy that drove around in a van to show up and run some diagnostics and then head on to the next doctor's office. So that would be so – so odd you'd be very questionable about <laughs> the place you're going and everything <laughs> if that was happening but it's happening in people's cars all the time um like it's a very unique job that we do um and so i had tommy and uh, dutch and lucas on that was a couple months ago to talk about just that you know are we a crutch mm-hmm. for these shops and we went through it and yeah i, th- I think in some ways we are but you know, we're we're using our expertise, our specialty, our passion, um, and I think it's cool because we're creating something that didn't exist. I'm sure there's been mobile guys for a long time, but not as commonplace as it, as it is now. You know, 20 yeah. years ago, this really wasn't a thing. This wasn't an option for someone to do. But it's been created by you know pioneers. Really, I'm not even I'm not including myself. I'm talking like. The guys that have been doing this uh, for a long time that are just awesome, people I look up to. Yep. They're pioneers and creating this this new thing, and who knows what it'll evolve into, right? Um, yeah, maybe it'll grow to something more. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, that's actually a question I wanted to bring up to you. Like, so yeah, where do you see um, the mobile as far as going? Do you see it being? I don't see it going anywhere, but do you see there being more mobile guys or more specialists out there as these cars advance?
0: Um, I think that there's going to be more companies than are currently present running uh, mobile services. And we have a couple around here, like they're actual like corporate, um, You know, they have super nice, huge Nissan vans. You know, everything's printed on the sides. It's like, you know, and and you'd go as an employee and work for this company. And I know there's other examples of that across the country, but I think Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to become more commonplace. Um, You know, and I know the need um, that we have, right, how many phone calls we're getting every day. And so people with some money are going to pick up on that and start – building entire fleets or services to provide this um because obviously the cars aren't getting any easier and there's a lot of independent shops out there right they can't all just go poof and go buy because the cars are tough there's going to be people that take advantage of it to make money and i i I think we'll see more and more of that Um, but i don't know i like working for myself
1: and, and I and I do too, but I, I definitely I see it going that direction to where, like you said, there there will be more mobile companies. Um, you know, I actually brought up to my uh, employer that I was at for years and years and years uh, about you know, hey, get me a van since all these locations because we have or that company has like fifteen locations here in Tucson. Hey, get me a van, and I can go around and help out each one of these shops. That way, they're not towing. The cars to me, you know, I can go to them and help them out, um, save, you know, towing charges. Uh, but on that same note, we can also go to other repair shops and help them. Um, we don't even have to put the name of the company on the side of the van or anything else like, um, you know, kind of pitching to them, you guys invest a van to me. I already have the tools and stuff and let me, let me go mobile and do this. And they didn't see a return on investment. Um, that being said <laughs> yesterday, I get a call from, uh, from the old CEO of that company. Now works for another company that I, I go to and he calls me and, uh, asked me how much to, to program a Nissan and if I was able to do it. And I told him, I was like, yes. And so I tell him the price and, you know, he's like, do you happen to know how much the dealer is? I was like, yeah, I do. Um, and uh, so I told him the price. And, and 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 granted, I am not much more than the dealer, but I am more than the dealer. Um, there's also a convenience mm-hmm. factor, and I can get it done that day. And and there's there's a lot that, yeah, you know, it it costs me like fifty dollars an hour to keep my business running. You know, so you know that there's subscription costs and everything else, fuel, insurance. Um, it, it's not like you pocket all that money. And you know, Sean, I mean, constantly investing into new tools, new factory tools. Um, So I tell him and, and, you know, I am a little bit higher and he's like, well, and it's just funny because he knows about programming. He's the one that, that started me programming 12 years ago and stuff. Uh, and Mm -hmm. he brings up, he's like, uh, well, that's not going to, you know, I have to charge more than that to, to, you know, make it worth it on my end to the customer. And I was like, yeah, I, I, we know this. (laughs) I was like, yeah. but but Mike, you know everything that's involved from the tooling and the knowledge, and and, and here's the thing: I bet if you call the dealer right now, they're going to say you're going to be a week and a half out till you can get it programmed. I can come within the next 45 minutes, so is that worth an extra fifteen dollars to you? Um, <laughs> you know, or spending or sending two guys to drop it off at the dealer, so you're taking two guys away yeah. from the, the shop. That's not being productive to go drop off a car and then maybe pick it up. And then, yes, you charge more than what the dealer's charging. You make a little bit of profit right there. But that's still two guys away from the phones or or, or whatever in the shop uh, two separate times you know, for a pickup and drop off. Yep. So is that worth an extra $15 for you? Um You know, and I just think it's funny. I was like, and I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. I love the guys. You know, I spent 14 years um, and he was the whole reason I was there. But I was just like, come on, you know, this is business. I have, you know, this is my business now. Um, (laughs) And you know how this works. Um, So, (laughs) you know, it's just funny. There's that convenience factor, you know.
0: Um. So, the other thing is towing it to the dealer, right? A lot of the modules, it's not Mm -hmm. drivable. So, you got to tow it to the dealership. So, it's a cost, but also you got to let your customer know hey, your car is no longer at our facility. It's at another shop to get this done. Whereas they call you, it's still in house. And like you said, the customer doesn't always know that we are even present. Um, and they can just get it all done in-house. So that's part of the, that convenience fee too. Um, I had a very similar experience to what you're talking about, though. I, When I was going to leave Firestone in 2017 because I started teaching, I said, hey, do you guys want to keep me on? Because in the Twin Cities, um, Firestone owns Tires Plus. So between mm-hmm. Firestone and Tires Plus – I think there's like 20 stores in the Twin Cities. I could be off on that number, but there's quite a few. And I knew a lot of the people because I worked there for like seven years or so. And I was like, do you want me to be your diagnostic guy? Tell me what store to go to. You know, pay me my hourly or heck, I don't know, even flat rate, um, and I'll go to whatever store you want and do the diagnostic, and yeah. that, that'll be that, and I'll work specifically for Firestone, or I'll continue to work for Firestone, right? Yeah. The guys like, no, I don't think we'll need that. That's just not a position. It's not realistic. We won't have enough work for you. Okay, cool. So then I left Firestone, and now I service just about every single yeah. one of those Firestone Tires Plus stores, but I get set my rate, and call the shots. Right. So, um, you know, not to, it's funny how that in the guy's face, but (laughs) yeah,
1: no, no, exactly. And no. And then the whole reason I left that, that company was because I felt them going in a different direction and getting away from programming and stuff. And fun fact, like I, I was absolutely correct. You know, they, they got away from it. So now I am these 14 locations in town. I am their their their. uh, uh, they're a programmer, you know? So, but like you said, now I can set my rate. Um, and you know, it's kind of funny how everything, you know, goes in circles, you know, the last three shops that I've, I've worked at, I service all three of them. And, you know, so there's no hard feelings or anything else. I just had to, I just felt myself going in a different direction. And, you know, it's, it's awesome that I get to go back and, and see the guys, chat with them, you know, see, catch up on everything that's going on and then I'm out, you know, and I'll see you guys next time. Like I appreciate it and stuff. So it, it's, um, it's, it's something that I probably should have done years ago. Um, when I, when I was unhappy, cause I went years of, of just being completely frustrated, just, you know, from networking, um, with guys and, and seeing how some other shops run and everything else and, and just starting to question you know, I, I was questioning, do I, do I stay in this field? You know, I have so much invested in everything else, but, you know, doing the ball joints and, and breaking my back, pulling motors and transmissions and stuff like I'm not getting any younger. My hours are going down. Um, I'm working longer hours so I can still make up the, the, my efficiency, you know, so I'm working till seven o'clock at night so I can still get, you know, 70 hours a week or whatever. So I can still have that nice paycheck, and my body hurt man (laughs) and -hmm. it's you know it's just i see some of these guys at 65 years old and they are just beat up you know i i just i didn't want to be that guy um just completely you know the body's just wrecked um from just years of, of hard work and stuff and and on that on the same note you know ball joints didn't um uh, they didn't excite me anymore. Brakes didn't excite me anymore. There, there wasn't, there wasn't that challenge like I was looking for. Um, and you know, I, I and to go into a shop and be like, hey, I want to be your drivability guy, and I just want to do the diagnostics. I don't want to do any of the repair or anything else. You go into an interview like that, you look like a prima donna. That you know, I'm asking for <laughs> this much money. <laughs> I'm not doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's like, you, I don't want to be that guy. Was, but now I can be because it's my business. And it's like, hey, this is what's wrong. This is what it needs to, to fix it. If you guys have any more questions, give me a call. And
0: they're completely fine with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny funny how that, that works out. Because, yeah, uh, I hated doing the tires and the oil changes. But if you're there... <sighs> and it needs to get done. Okay, well, you got to do it, right? Um, And if I never do a set of tires ever again, it'll be too soon. (laughs) But um, I hear you. (laughs) That's why I love doing this stuff is, um, yeah, we get to go out and obviously we have a passion for it, so we're doing, you know, what we really enjoy too. Um, I I think that's something you got to have if you're even considering taking on a role like this is to really be passionate and enjoy this stuff, enjoy the challenge of it. You got to embrace that. Um, but if you can do that, I think, you know, anybody can be successful at this. Yeah.
1: here, you're absolutely, you know, you're absolutely correct. I, I think passion is, is a, you don't, you don't go into the mobile side of it. If you don't have a passion and you're not constantly, um, investing into yourself with, with, you know, upgrading tools, um, or, you know, description operation on how systems are c- constantly changing, you know, you're you're the guy that kind of needs to stay up to date on all the, the new stuff, because, like you said, I mean, we don't know if we're getting called into a 2020, you know, Toyota Camry that is, you know, dual fuel, fuel injection and everything else of a service, of a um, a system we haven't ever worked on before. Well, we need to have that understanding before going into it, or we may get a, uh, you know, a 1992 Cadillac that, you know, so it, it's so broad on the systems that we, that we need to know or not necessarily need to know, but that we need to, um, read up on to, to educate ourselves, to get onto that, that same, you know, that, that track to be able to diagnose it correctly. Uh, so it's – so the, one thing about mobile, and I don't know if, if you're the same way, but, you know, if customers are calling me and they have an issue with a car um and I have them scheduled for, let's say, Thursday and stuff, I get a little bit of a description. What's going on? Uh Let's say it's no communication to a control module. Well, I'll sit down at night and get the wiring diagrams and stuff before going into it. That way when I'm going into it, I have the pinouts. I have this – you know, that's 15 minutes that saves me from at the car – But it's the 15 minutes they don't see me working that there's more behind Mm – I guess what I'm trying to say is there's more behind the scenes um, of the constant education uh, that they necessarily don't see when I'm there, if that makes sense. Uh, and And it's just to help my day go along quicker, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and plus you got to uh, diagnose uh, QuickBooks on top of everything else, right? Oh,
1: God. No, that was, man. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's. Did you get uh, all that
0: sorted out? It,
1: well, no. So the lady's going through and she's uh, um, uh, fixing all my QuickBooks because it ended up getting deleted and everything else. So we've uh, worked, we spent six hours on it trying to get everything rectified, and we're to February. So, so we, have a, we have a couple more hours at it to uh, get it situated and stuff. But then, yeah, okay, so that's a perfect example. That's not something that I was that threw a monkey in the wrench of my week. you know, I have all these appointments and everything else and, and I feel that you know, I'm gonna have a, just a quick um, meeting with QuickBooks to try to get this resolved and it turns into a six hour ordeal. Man, that just that completely set my week you know, um, I felt that I was just constantly behind and I couldn't play catch up and, you know, God forbid one other car gives me, gives me, um, trouble now I'm even more behind and man, it's, it was one of those weeks like, okay, I quit, you know, but now that the QuickBooks is getting taken (laughs) care of. And, and I feel that my books are, are where they need to be and stuff, you know, I can rest easy, but that was stuff that was keeping me up at night, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, thankfully it's not tax season right now to where I, I need to have all this submitted by, by a certain time or anything. So I can take some time and, and redo it all. That's not an issue, but uh, th- th- there's those unexpected, you know, w- things that, that pop up, you know. And, um, you know, how do you plan around that or how do you, you know, if you're already telling a shop you're not going to be there for a day and a half and then you're calling them back saying – Hey, I'm even more behind now and it's not going to be for another, you know, day or so, Uh, man, you're, you're going to have shops stop calling you, you know? Um, Yeah. So that, that's, it's a, it's a hard, uh, you want to make everybody happy. And that's, that's, uh, that's something that I'm a people pleaser. So. I want to, you know, if somebody, if I have three shops call me at eight o'clock, I'm telling all of them I'm showing up at nine. <laughs> and that's been a bad thing of, of <laughs> mine that I'm like, okay, no, I need to plan, you know, I need to be realistic about these. No, it's not going to be till noon. And now I've gotten to a point that I, I'm i not giving a specific time, like, hey, I'll be there at eight o'clock. I'm saying, you know, I'll be there in the morning. Because uh, that way, if I need to squeeze in another shop or something, I can do so if it's on my because I, I cover a huge area. I mean, I, I can drive 150 miles a day um, from all my, my jobs. So if there's two jobs that are close to each other and I told one at 8 o'clock and the other one at 10 o'clock and I have two other jobs on the other side of town, that uh, that that's not being productive. So now I'm telling them, hey, I'll be there in the afternoon. I'll be there in the morning. That way, you know, it leaves a window open that I can squeeze some other things in um, and plan my day accordingly. So that, that's really helped out. Um, and shops have been understanding about that, you know, and not given like, well, what time afternoon, (laughs) afternoon, like it may be three o'clock, but it's afternoon.
0: That's super smart uh, to do that. And I've, I've tried to do that the best that I can too. um, is, yeah, not set a specific time to say, I'll yeah, I'll be out in the afternoon. Unless it's the first one of the day, but um that yep. that geographic portion to it, because I'm the same way, um, you know, I'll go 30 miles this way, I'll go 30 miles that way for different shops because I'm kind of spread out. The area I'm in is kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of hope that it all lines up so you can just make a straight shot across the cities but it doesn't always work out sometimes you're back and forth um but the better that you can maneuver things to make it work um especially now gas is going up too so i was actually gonna i was actually gonna raise my rates just for that because i'm spending all kinds of money on gas already um yep yeah lots of drive time in this job. I don't think I've ever driven Mm -hmm. as much in my life as doing this job, especially this summer. I'm in the car a ton. So, Oh yeah. um, Yeah. You got to find some, uh, some good podcasts or something to listen to.
1: (laughs) Well, I was just going to, I was just going to mention this is a perfect, you know, this is a, this is when i get your podcast knocked out you know it's usually monday morning and i have at least something forward to look or something to look forward to and you know knock out you know your podcast and asog and and uh you know books on tape are awesome um you know, I, yeah. I, you know, and it sucks to even say this, but I'll put YouTube on or whatever, and just play it in the background. As far as, you know, if it's, if it's a class or yep. a video or whatever, I'm not watching it, but it's, it's man, it's the only time I have to, to pretty much get any of this stuff done or to educate myself or whatever. Cause it is a lot of windshield time. Um, and you know, t- windshield time and time management is, uh, is two huge things and I feel that I'm getting better at the time management um, and it's just little tricks like I said as far as hey I'll be there in the morning I'll be there in the afternoon this way you know I can plan my day according usually if it's the first shop of the day I will tell them hey you're going to be the first shop of the day I can be there at 7 30. That's a, that I'll I'll do that that way you know I know that the vehicle's ready at 7 30. Um, another thing that I started doing was there's in it a, a lot of these shops vehicle's not ready for me it's got a dead battery uh you know it's it's a driving issue and it's buried 10 cars deep and stuff and with a dead battery and a flat tire and you show up and it's like okay I don't have 30 minutes to wait for you guys to fill up the tire charge the battery and everything else for me to drive it like I'll be back well now it's trying to call ahead like hey look I will be there at eight um and now, if the car is not ready by eight, after I've given them a courtesy call, um, you know, now I feel that I have the right. If if I'm coming back, uh, I, I'm going to charge them. You know, that I had to charge them a show up mm-hmm. fee or whatever for time for time wasted, and that's something that I didn't do in the beginning. I would just. Show up if car's not ready. Like, dang it, that's my fault. Well, now if I feel that I'm doing my due diligence and I'm and I'm warning them, telling them a time that I'm going to be there, and the car's not ready, um, now I feel I can charge them the the show up fee on top of the services provided um, because it, it we because it is money. You know, it's time wasted that I could have been making doing another job, and uh, you know, and I have one shop in particular that man, it it just. It never fails. I mean, they say the car's ready. And I don't know how many times yeah. they can't find the keys. They can't this, they can't that. And and I used to wait around. Now it's like I, I'm out later. You know, I, I I you know, I'm kind of becoming not a jerk about it, but like I, I'm not I'm not being nice about it. I have to go, you know, and that's that's out of courtesy yeah. for my other shops that are in line.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have one shop that I go to, and oh my gosh, it's actually a really good shop, and I really like the guy who runs it, but their key situation, like, I want to set up a freaking key box for them, because they can never find the key, and he's got it on his desk with all papers, just stacks of papers everywhere, and he's digging through, and he... You know, put it in this drawer or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, that should be just. So I, I would think it's really simple, right? Like, I got to keep track of these keys. Let's put some tags on them. Let's put them in a box. But every single time I go, I'm waiting for the guy to dig through his papers to find me the key for the vehicle. Um, I've had it a couple times where I'll show up to a shop and they'll arrange it for a customer to drop it off the same time that I'm going to be there. Um, And that's one where they'll give me a specific time, and then the customer doesn't show up. Right, so I'm standing so, around yep, like yep. twiddling my thumbs, like, okay, well, if you yeah. are not here by this time, I'm out. See ya. But yeah, yep, you gotta you gotta charge for your time at that point, and um, it sucks, but it's just it's the way it is. So, but I think what's important there, and I'm still working on this, is setting that precedence, right? Letting them know up front yeah. that this is what's going to happen. Then it's not as big of a deal as if and i'm giving myself in this, as an example i've done this i'll wait until it happens like three times and now i'm like hey now i need to charge you for this that doesn't go over mm-hmm. as well as just right up front being hey this is the way yeah. it is so i don't know it's all yep. stuff you learn as you go i guess <laughs> but maybe someone else can take from our advice
1: yeah no and I, I was this i was the same way um you know and i think it was it was uh uh i forget who it was but yeah mention if you mention it up front uh you know now you've laid the, the ground rules you know um but i would have been i was one that would show up and and okay it happened four or five six times and now i'm starting to charge and they're like well what what the heck man so it's easier to to set that rule so to speak up at the beginning and make it known uh up front and then you know it, it you don't have to resort back to that as far as they they know that they're getting charged if if vehicle's not ready. Um, it's not always Cody in a good mood and he's not going to charge us or is he, you know, in a bad mood and he is going to charge us. It's like, no, no, it doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in. We're setting the ground rules now that this is, this is how it has to be because it's a, it's a business. Um, you know, so yeah, it's (laughs) that time management has been a huge thing. Um, learning those little nuances has been, you know, a challenge in itself. Uh, but it, learning learning the little tricks and stuff, talking to other mobile guys has really uh, benefited. You know, um, talking to guys like mm-hmm. Perkins and, and yourself, and how how do you, how do each of you guys approach a situation? And maybe I'm doing it all wrong. And and to hear from from one of you guys or whatever, it's like oh, uh, I didn't think about doing it like that. Um, you know, it it just helps. It makes you a better business person because this is the first time I've ran my own business. Um, I'm going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to, um, but you learn from them and you move forward and, and you just try to make your business um, better. You know, I I just want to provide the best service possible that I can for my customers to, yes, I am more expensive than the dealer. I am more expensive on diagnostics and stuff too, but I want to show the value. Why are, why am I more expensive? Um, you know, you're getting Pre scans, you're getting post scans. You're getting you know documentation of of services performed and stuff that you know uh, the other mobile guy here in town just doesn't doesn't do. Um, You know he's also charging a a ridiculous (laughs) like not a ridiculously low rate. That it's Mm. it's uh it it's it makes it hard for myself if. I go into a shop that they've used this other guy before because it's like, man, th- there's a huge difference, and I don't know how this guy he doesn't use it to he doesn't use the programming as a um, as his main source of income. This is like kind of a hobby mm-hmm. for him, and so he goes about it completely different. While in reality, you you shouldn't no mobile programmer should be significantly cheaper than the dealer, you know, and that's just. Right the bottom line. So, um, but there's only been a couple shops that, that have questioned me, but after they've used me one time, uh, you know, these shops have no problem paying more to use me than using this other guy, because I feel that I bring more value and more, uh, documentation and something more to the table that they really don't have an issue paying me more than this other programmer because they're getting more for their money. Um, I will go above and beyond if there's a no communication and and this guy's just the programmer. Hey, I'm out. You know, you owe me this this money for showing up, and this is you know I'm I'm out. While I can actually come up with a with a resolution as far as do you guys want me to dig deeper and, and figure out what's going on with this no communication? Um, that's just something that the other guy doesn't provide. You know, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it's. <laughs> And I don't know how it is out there. If there is a lot of mobile programmers, there's only one guy here that I really, it's not competition, like I said, uh, but it's, um, how should I say this? It, I, yeah, I guess it is a little bit of competition, but I haven't seen that holding me back from obtaining, you know, customers that were once his, if that makes sense. So I don't know if you have a bunch of that competition, so to speak, out there.
0: Um, So I'm like half hour north of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And like where I'm at, the northern area, there's nobody up here that does this. There's an established uh, mobile guy down in the cities. And he actually runs, I think, like four or five vans. Um, he owns it. He started by himself and he grew it. And he covers most of the cities. And he'll come up this way, but he charges obviously more to come up this way. Um, so around here they use me, but I've been starting to, you know, creep closer towards the cities. It's just because people get my number and start calling. Yeah. But the thing is Minneapolis, St. Paul, it's huge area together. It's twin cities, two cities right next to each other, right? There are so many shops, so many, there would be no way I could cover all the shops and if, even if i worked 24 hours a day i'd never be able to hit all the shops so it really hasn't been an issue as far as competition um i did mention there's there's an actual company i think it's called smart express and i don't know a whole lot about them except for that they are ridiculously expensive um they wanted like 700 some dollars to program a side detection module on a gm and I was. I, they showed me the invoice for this. The shop they got an estimate. I'm like, wow. Like, and I think they want to do. will like do a it for 690. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I said. I was like, I, I was like, okay. Well, I can go up on my rate here and still look like a hero. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the there is so much need for this. Honestly, if you can market yourself right and just I don't know, be a friendly, helpful person, that's what I try to do. Is just be friendly and helpful and your name's going to get spread around like crazy and you're going to have more work than you know what to do with. Um, Yeah. That's, that's been my experience. So hopefully it keeps going that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, Sean, do you advertise still? Or, I mean, I know you said you did
0: like when you first started out, I mean, are you to a point that man, you're, you're good? No, I, I am. I'm good. I've actually told some shops, thank you, but stop giving up my number because if I didn't teach, it'd be a different story. But my problem now is once um, September hits now. I've got to say no to a lot of people or push stuff out um, because I just my time is limited. To you know, maybe I can squeeze in two or three after school, and then I got Fridays that we don't teach in person. So that's that's it. So I have I have a different setup because this isn't my full time gig. Besides the summer, um, and I was looking to hire somebody. Um, and some stuff came up just didn't make that happen this summer. Um, but that might be might be in the future is to get somebody on board to do some of my uh, programming stuff and then I can handle the the diagnostics. but it's a unique person to find that would enjoy this. It is be good at this, you, you can trust and it's tough.
1: I, I, I guess that that's a that's a question I have for you as far as obviously you being a teacher and stuff, do you see, guys, um, or how knowledgeable are some of these kids coming out as far as, like, you know, the the computer end of it? I mean, obviously, they have to learn the nuts and the bolts and, you know, being a mechanic or a technician, so to speak, and stuff. But do you see um, some students interested in, like, you know, the, the tech – the – the computer systems, the, you know, where the industry's going, are they excited? Because I I mean, I get a kick out of like ADOS and and self-driving cars. I'm like, man, this future is going to be sweet. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, how are these guys, do they think that they're going to be changing oil for the rest of their life? Because if you're just coming into this industry, doing an oil change in the next 30 years is not going to be a thing, you know?
0: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, no, it's it, there's a variety. Obviously, everybody's different, and you get some that they're that ball joint engine transmission swap guy, and they'll they'll make plenty of money doing that. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they don't want to really go much beyond that, at least mm-hmm. at this point in their career. But you do have some that are really drawn towards the technology, and not only that, but I would say almost all of them, um, you know, that are in their early twenties or around that age, they're just good with technology, right? They grab that hotel tablet and they'll fly through that thing and know how to do the settings. And it, you know, it's an Android based thing. So they know all this stuff already before they even know what the scan tool is doing. Um, so they have that advantage. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely been some that are interested. I actually, I was actually trying to hire, uh, one or a couple of my students and we were sort of sort of working towards something It didn't end up happening, but I, I would not be opposed to that. Get somebody, uh, you know, uh, fresh that you can teach the right way and start them out with, like I said, just here you go all, do all my GM programming. I can, I could teach. I, I feel like you could teach yeah. anybody how to do that. <laughs> really? Right. Um, no, absolutely. And then you get to
1: mold, you get to teach them the good, yeah, and you get to teach them the good habits, and and you know mold them into what you would like um, them them to be. You know, uh, I, I think that would be definitely an, an awesome approach as far as that and stuff. Uh, I thought there was another question I wanted to ask you. Oh, so do you? Keep, so going off of when you're talking about your students, I mean, do you stay in touch with a lot of your students that that have you know um, graduated and stuff? And if so, like, yeah, is there some that leave the industry?
0: <laughs> um, so I don't always know, you know, when they leave the industry. I, I'm sure there's some, um, but the one i'll say this the ones that have stayed in contact with me are still within the industry but those are generally the students that really enjoyed their time in school and really enjoyed what they were doing and that's why you know they would form a connection with me that's beyond just the classroom you know because i'm passionate about this stuff too so generally those types of people will stay in contact one way or another right we have a yeah. shared interest so the ones that do you know, it's it's usually Facebook or email. Um, it, they're still working in shops. And actually, a few of them, I like, go to those shops, right? So they'll go to a shop and then they'll oh, call nice. me in for diagnostics. So I get to see a few of them that way too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see the numbers of who's still who's still wrenching or, or in the industry in some form and how many have left. Because I, I know it's not 100%, obviously. Um, right. But... Well,
1: yeah, it just it just makes it hard. I mean, this is something that we were talking about the other day, you know, the starting wage for some of these, these guys coming out of school. First of all, if they can get a job, because 90% of these shops want to see a return on investment, you know, immediately from a guy um, getting hired. So they don't want somebody that's green, because they're going to have to, their return on investment is going to take a little bit, you know, um, until they start mm-hmm. getting efficient and everything else. So you know, they want somebody that that knows more and, you know, to start out being a technician and you have to buy tools and and it's this constant stuff. And, and you can go, you know, be a roofer with, you know, a bucket full of tools, making more money and never have to buy another tool ever. You know, um, you know, so it, it's you, you you don't realize all this like I guess I didn't realize all this when I was when I was doing it. You know, I knew that there was an investment into the tools and, and constantly and stuff, but it was just the way of life. This is what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a technician, a mechanic, and you know, that's just what we did. And and you know, with our shop, man, it was working like six days a week. That's just if you want to be in this field, that's the norm. You know, long hours, very little time with the family, very little vacations, crap pay at first. Uh, you know that that's just that's just how it was. And now being older and and wiser and stuff, you know, it's it's hard to tell guys that to like get into this business with those drawbacks. You know, it's real hard to sell those because you know deep down it's like, uh, I don't want to discourage anybody from going into this business, but maybe it is finding a shop that's not flat rate, so you don't have that that uh, cutthroat attitude and you know where other guys can actually take time and and guide you um uh kind of hold your hand or or mentor you a little bit where it's not affecting their paychecks you know so to speak uh but man you get into that flat rate mentality and it's just it's it's hard to get out of that it took me 14 years to realize like what the heck am i doing
0: (laughs) flat rate's not the answer (laughs) (laughs) right right well, I remember I went from hourly to flat rate. I was actually hourly for the first, I want to say, four years of my career as a tech. Uh, it was just a shop I worked at. He just wanted to pay hourly. Um, and then I went to, that was when I went to Firestone. and I went on flat rate. I was super worried. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to make any money. But I had four years of experience under my belt. And so I doubled what I made from the past year my first year on flat rate, I'm like, well, why wasn't I doing this before? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's only because I had spent that time hourly yep. building up my skills and breaking stuff and messing stuff up on a, you know, having that cushion. For I know I'm going to get a paycheck and then being able to transfer over. So, I, and that's almost the model that it should be if they want to keep going with it. Um, but you got to have that path laid out for that student, right? To, like you said, yeah. it's tough to get people, to buy in on this as a career they've got to be somewhere where that shop manager or that owner or whoever can lay out this is the path you know that you can take if you work hard this is where you'll end up this is where you'll be not just you know try to bust out as many hours as you can until you retire right that's that's yeah. the yep. classic model and yeah that doesn't appeal to too many people anymore.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, you know, I know flat rate's gotten a bunch of grief and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I made a lot of money on flat rate and, and it, it, um, provided very nicely for my family and everything. But that being said, it also took a lot of time for my family. Um, and that's one nice thing I do like being mobile is now set my own hours and stuff too, you know? Um, set my own hours, or if I want to go to lunch with the wife or whatever, we can meet up and, and, you know, have lunch together. Uh, or first day of school, I don't have to, Hey, can I, can I be a little bit, a little bit late to drop my daughter off for the first day of school? It's, I, I plan accordingly, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I probably should give myself more, more time on certain things and stuff. Cause I still work, you know, long hours and everything, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm home more for dinners. I'm, I'm, I'm here more in the mornings, um, with the family and stuff before going to work. So it, it, you know, I lost a lot of years of, of family time, but I, I'm really trying to regain it now. Um, it's better late than never, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so that, that's, that's, you know, kind of where I'm at. I, I'm sure your days are, are long and stuff too, but, um you know, how how does that play in with your family and stuff?
0: Yeah, it definitely takes a toll for sure. I don't have kids, but um, yeah, you can, uh, you can work yourself, (laughs) work yourself to death, but you can just, you know, immerse yourself in it and say, you know, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I have to get this done and, and I don't have time for these other things that, seem trivial, um but yeah, at the end of the day <laughs> that stuff away from work's a lot more important than you think um yeah, and yeah it at least like it goes by quick, um you can't get that time back, so <laughs> um it's, it's good to good to take a break and just say, hey the the work will get done when it gets done right <laughs> I, I'm not very right. good at that, but <laughs>
1: No, and I, I'm not, I'm not either. You know, I, I, that's just the kind of work ethic. You know, I think you have to have a good work ethic if you're going to run your own business and stuff anyway, because it's really easy to be like, you know what, I'm not going to start work till 11. I'm not, I'll work a couple hours today and I'll, I'll be home by noon uh, or two o'clock or whatever. Um, I'm not that kind of guy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gone from, you know, six thirty in the morning to, you know, five o'clock, five thirty at night. Um, just like how I was when I was at the shop, but I'm busy that whole, that whole time, you know, um, it seems like there's always something to do. Um, what's, uh, what's been some of your biggest challenges being mobile, Sean?
0: Um, boy, I mean, obviously some of the cars, right. That you get those certain cars, that will kick your butt for sure. Um, I'm actually trying to think if it's the diagnostic vehicles or if it's the, the programming ones, because I've had some uh, some both ways that have really kicked my butt. It, it's, probably, it's probably those diagnostic ones, right? The ones that just don't make sense and doesn't seem like it has a solution. Uh, and you got to go back four or five times to the mm-hmm. shop to try to work it out. Um, but on those, what's really helped me out a lot is, like, the networking and knowing other people uh, like yourself. And, like, thank you for connecting me with that group chat recently. That's fantastic oh, yeah. to be able uh, to have <laughs> experts at your fingertips, basically, all day long. Right, um, that's That's been huge, to Get me past those those ones that really hang you up, and I don't get them every day or even every week, but they come. They're out there waiting for oh, me. Yeah. Um, yep, as part of the gig. Um, I would say, other than that, is that the business side of it for me has been challenging because I I don't have a business acumen. That's just not my style. I've you start telling me about profits and numbers, and I'm gonna fall asleep. Like that's just. <laughs> just doesn't interest me um and so to but you have to like if you mine's a legitimate business i, I know it's part-time but I, I, you have to put in the time you have to work through that stuff because uh, yeah you, you gotta you gotta be legitimate yeah. if you want to do this so um i guess those are the biggest two for me what about you
1: I would say absolutely the the same, Um, you know, like I, like I said before, I wasn't the the business person, but you know, you need to know business. And um, my biggest thing is, man, I wanted to keep legit books. Nothing's, you know, under the table. If it's paying, if they're paid in cash, there's an invoice for everything. Um, You know, I I have a bunch of guys like, hey, just put it in your pocket. I don't need a receipt. I don't need this. It's yours. I'm like, no, 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 I, I don't care. Everything goes through the business. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that, but that's just that I told myself going into it. This is, um, I don't want to jeopardize anything. So hence like, man, I'm going to keep amazing books. You know, I'm going to be on top of it and categorize and and save all the receipts and this and that. And then when everything got deleted, I was like, you know, how many hours you have into something until (laughs) like, and then it's gone like that. I'm like, Oh, my gosh. So now I have to go through and, and reconcile, you know, every single transaction for every single month and, and try to remember like, oh, what was that $14 that I spent at, you know, over here at a, at, what was that for? Was that for job supplies? Was that for, oh, God, you know, so I I used to, I prided myself on keeping really good books. And then when that got taken from me in a matter of minutes, <laughs> Oh, man, it, that's where I was like, I'm closing up shop. I'm done. <laughs> but, you know, the thing what is, happened? life goes on and stuff. Oh, so my, my bank wasn't linking to, to, to QuickBooks Online. Um, and that was the first time that my bank wasn't linking. It wasn't linking for like three or four days. So I ended up calling QuickBooks. They had somebody remote in and this lady's overseas i hear a rooster in the background the whole time which is just annoying the <laughs> crap out of me i can barely understand her and she's like oh you just click on this and you click over here and you click over here well next thing you know she deleted my checking account unlinked my account um so now i have no transactions in my <laughs> and oh, no. i'm just like so she pretty much reset my 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 books to like it's from day <laughs> 1 and i'm 8 months in you know i'm like oh my oh, god And so then I tried calling multiple times to QuickBooks to get more help. I was like, I was getting to a point that I couldn't understand anybody. I was like, can I just talk to an American? I mean, I was getting so upset. (laughs) Um, And finally, I got a hold of this lady or customer service and stuff, and they've reached out and set up an appointment and she's going through each and every single transaction and and redoing it because there was no, uh, there was no backup. So I learned a lot this last week. Always back up your QuickBooks, even if it is QuickBooks Online. At least you know once a month or okay. weekly or whatever, you can export it to an Excel file. Um, that's uh, definitely going to be something I'm going to be doing from now on. And uh, <laughs> just know that you know the cloud. Just because it's on the cloud doesn't mean it's always going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, you know, I, I, we were getting ready to go on vacation last Friday, and then our my motorhome, the fridge wasn't working, and then the whole QuickBooks and everything else that I was like, okay, vacation's canceled. You know, I have to get this stuff figured out. Uh, you know, started this last week and, and was like, okay, you know, those are some hiccups. You learn from it and I've learned from it and I learned things that I'm not going to do and things that I am going to do and, and keeping, you know, exporting my files once a week or once a month is definitely a must. And, um, you know, just continue pushing forward. You know, there's no, no giving up, but you're going to get thrown challenges and stuff. Um, I think that, you know, that was definitely a, a challenge, uh, the business end of it. And then, like you said, as far as the cars where you're going back multiple times, uh, you know, network issues and it's not acting up for you and, and, and everything else. It's, you know, all that takes time. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard being mobile because you have a full plate with all these other appointments and then you have to set time aside for this problem car. Um, not just a problem car for the shop, Mm -hmm. but it's a problem car now for you because now you're kind of married to it and you want to get it figured out. And, you know, but once you do and you stay persistent and it's just, just like anything else, you stay persistent and stuff and you do get it figured out, it, there's that rewarding factor that just really, uh, it outweighs all the struggles. Um, and th- that's something that, that I've realized that, uh, you know, over the last six months, seven months, um, it's really good to have multiple ways to do a single job um, like I said, multiple J boxes, multiple computers. Cause if one computer takes a crap, you have another backup or, or, whatever, um, you know, multiple scan tools. Cause if a battery dies or this tool does X, Y, and Z, or, you know, aftermarket solutions to the programming and stuff, if the OEM servers are down or man, there, there's, it, it's really having, uh, you know, you I thought I had a lot of tools going, going into being, uh, being mobile. I was like, Oh, I got these scan tools and everything else. And then you realize like, Oh crap, you want to do keys. Now that's a whole nother addiction. Um, you want to do, you know, (laughs) you want to do, you want to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, Oh my gosh, man. Um, And the thing is with any of our tools, they all have a shelf life. It's not buying a a socket set, a snap-on socket set for $700 that's got a lifetime warranty that you'll never have to buy another one again unless you lose it. No, our tools are, you know, we get four to five years out of each one and then there's a new interface that came out or there's, you know, now Windows 11 or now there's this or, you know, um, it's that constant changing that, it doesn't get any cheaper on our end. And honestly, looking back now, um, if I did own a shop or whatever, I don't, I honestly probably would not invest into, um, programming just because there is that constant changing. And if you don't stay current with it, um, you know, you're falling behind. I mean, you Everything's always changing. If you don't do GM every single day, every single time you're going in, oh, how do I install that wrapper? Or is there this or is that? <laughs> or, or oh now I have to use Chrome to, to for checkout and, and I can't use Internet Explorer. You don't know any of that stuff. You know, you <laughs> right. Things that get you hung up, you know, um, if you do it enough, that they're not they're not issues. But if you're not doing programming every single day there's all those little nuances that just make life hard, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, internet connection at times, I have two hotspots now because, you know, Verizon works great on some areas, T-Mobile works great in other areas. Um, but then, you know, it, it's seems like there's always some with technology, just like example us today, you know, um, you know, yeah. so but it's it's working through it's finding ways to work through it. Sometimes you just have to come back because there some things just aren't working out. Um, but the business and and those those problem cars are, are by far the the hardest. But having a nice network or, or other guys you can bounce ideas off of, or even somebody saying like, "Hey, I, I had one do this and it was X, Y, and Z." Oh, I didn't even think about something like that, and it just gets your brain thinking. And how would you find this stuff out? Because it's not there on Identifix. It's not. You know, this is from other guys that have been doing this longer than than us that have seen it. And how did they learn it? You know, so them passing off the knowledge to us to help us out, and you know, it just—I don't know—it creates a community for us, which I think is is awesome. You know, that um, I think networking is 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 a huge part of being a technician or a drivability technician, um, or even a mobile diagnostician. I, I think that's a huge part of, of, uh, if you're looking at doing this, get yourself a network, you know, find, find some guys, reach out and just, you know, see if you can find some guys that are willing to take some time away from their day to maybe walk you through some things. I had to call Ben Jameson the other day because I don't, I don't use the consult, um, r to r that much you know i've only used it a handful of times uh i want to change that i'm saving up for the the factory pass-through and stuff but i just don't do it enough and and it if i just would have read the directions it would have been different but he him on the other line <laughs> walking me through it okay cool man because i hate nissan anyway like i get scared just because you know before you program anything it sounds like you're ready to launch a missile make sure there's no cell phones with like three miles make sure make sure you got the yellow tape around the vehicle and cones up and there's no radio waves and it's out in the middle of you know bfe and oh man i'm like this is i just haven't done enough of them to to be you know um confident in them it's not like doing a a gm or a chrysler where it's like Okay, you just hit replace and reprogram. You just do this. Uh, You know, it's it's super easy, Um, (laughs) but it's those little nuances, and you know, and um, just getting into doing Volkswagens and and, uh, BMWs and and stuff on programming. Mm. So now it's learning learning those. You know, because that comes with its other set of challenges and stuff. But just know that you know you have guys like you know Matthew Skunkrich out there that. You know I know he gets a bad rap, but man he he's helped me out so so many times that you know he'll yell at mm-hmm. me, I don't care give me give me crap, I get it brief <laughs> service information jackass like I get that Matt. just what's going on okay, all right now that he yelled at you, then just tell me what's what what am I doing wrong <laughs> You know, but it's it's having those those guys that have that have done it that are w- willing to take time to help you along, and that's what it's all about, and that's why I'm sure you do this. And you know, um, YouTube as far as for myself, I just I try to give back where I can, and and uh, you know, make it easier for all of us going to the future. So, so that's the that's the long of the short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the the struggling through that stuff, like all you're talking about with the tough cars and you don't always realize it when you're in the the middle of it, you know, you're sweating and you're frustrated um, and you're going back to the same car so many times and it's just kicking your butt. But once you actually do get to the other side and yeah, it's, it's satisfying to fix the problem. What I didn't always make the connection with was the next time. And maybe it's, Six months to a year later, the next time you're in a similar situation, that stuff is just like that. Like It's oh. popping up in your brain because you ingrained yep. it into your memories by struggling through it. And it, yep. it helps you... And your knowledge so much by doing that. So it's almost, it's almost like training, right? Like really hot, hard, stupid training, but it's so effective, right? And so now you have that going forward to make other jobs easier. And like you were saying, you get connections with people who've been getting their butts kicked for many, many years. They have lots of that that maybe they'll help you out with. They got their butt kicked. Well, now – it's just like that for them and they can help you through it. So, yeah, if you can go out, anybody, find a network, find a group of people uh, where however it is, Facebook or however you connect, do it. Um, you know, maybe you're an introvert like me and it's not the easiest thing in the world. But, boy, is it is it worth it and beneficial to it is <laughs> make some friends out there that are doing this stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and that's just it. I mean, just like your podcast and listening to it and stuff, and, and like I think it was your last podcast. I've you talked about it several times, but you know, splitting the network and stuff, things that you're just like, duh, you know. But and to go back to what you're saying, I've learned so much off the cars that I just struggled with. I probably those those are my biggest learning experiences that that I will never forget. I know every single car that has kicked my my butt, um, but I have learned from every single one of those, you know, it, it, so much. Um, it, different diagnostic processes to, uh, you know, di- a, a different approach. That yes, when I get the next one, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's a no brainer. You know, I know ex- I know how I'm attacking this vehicle. Uh, it's kind of like your first time getting a network communication issue. It's like, you don't know where to begin. It's, it's overwhelming, you know, unless there's three modules on the car and there's 30 something, you're like, huh? I I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't get it, you know, but it's just taking the time, understanding it, wiring diagrams and and everything else that, you know, it's after you do the first one, man, now, like I said, I love network issues, man, you can, you can see it on the scope <laughs> you know you just have to make sure you're uh-huh. tied in and gosh man it's it's uh are they still challenging yeah but they're not going anywhere and it, it's really good practice um as these cars get more and more complex with more and more networks uh to you know it staying on top of that is is a good is a good thing so i like when when shops call me for, Hey, we got a no communication or we got, you know, this car's acting funny. And if it's a bus issue, man, I I love those issues because man, I I just, I love capturing the waveforms. I love watching the waveforms change when you disconnect modules or you split networks or or whatever. It's like, Oh, this is cool, man. This is, this is not stuff that they're going to, they're teaching you in the flow charts, (laughs) you know, like, um, right they are not, you know, they're not telling you, hey, grab the lab scope, look for two and a half to three and a half and two and a half to one and a half. And, and, you know, these are your data packets and this is what it should look like. Nope. None of that. (laughs) You know, Um, they're like check powers and grounds. Well, what if that module is a pain in the butt to get to, you know, why not check the network first? And that's going to tell us a lot, you know, Um, so. Training, you know, is is huge. Uh, it's it's awesome to hear you're going to ASTE. So I'm going to be out there too. So we'll have to have to meet Sweet. up or whatever. At least have a, a beer or something together. So,
0: <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Are you doing Super Saturday too?
1: No, I, I really wanted to, um, I, I really had to, I, I pretty much came down to like flipping a quarter if I was going to super Saturday or ASTE. And since I've done super Saturday and I have not done ASTE, I, I wanted to, to give them a shot. I just wish they weren't, if they were three months apart from each other, I, I I'd be going to both yeah. but being, you know, right at a month. I, I just can't now, are you going to both or
0: I'm only signed up for ASTE, and I okay. was, yeah, I was in the same boat. I was considering super Saturday, but yeah, that's right at the beginning of school for me. So it might be, it might oh, be tough yeah. to pull both of them off. I don't know. Plus I right. want to go to vision next year and uh, that's, Oh, we got to save up for that. Cause that's not cheap. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I definitely want to hit uh, vision this next year. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, I did the, the online this last year and I didn't participate in anything. I didn't network with anybody. Um, I, I, didn't even watch the classes live. It was all, you know, early in the morning and stuff like the, the, the replays. Um, so my vision experience for yeah. my first experience was not, you know, I was like, ah, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> There's so yeah, much more they, to the, they in- did the best. They could. Oh yeah. 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 They, they, did. they did the best they could with it, but it, you're limited with the online stuff. It's just not the same feel. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited for some more in-person training, no doubt. Uh, I, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank Cody again for spending the time with me here. I uh, enjoyed that conversation with him quite a bit. Um, I also want to say thank you to everyone that's listening to the show and for everyone that has reached out to me about the show. Really appreciate everyone out there uh, that's taking the time to listen, and I hope that I'm providing some useful information uh, for anybody out there in the automotive world. But with that all being said, let's all get out there, start fixing the world, one car at a time.